0: If you've got your Bibles, I want to invite you to go to John, the Gospel of John this morning, and uh, John 3, John is the fourth Gospel in the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. Am I going to blow people away, Jenny? Yeah, yeah. Am I just a tad loud now? Okay. <laughs> All right. So we'll, we'll get there. Uh, just go to John. Now, I know we also have a few guests this morning, and so if you are a guest I want to say welcome in Christ's name it's good to have you this morning Uh, we are celebrating uh, God's uh, the ways in which God comes to us and invites us uh, to experience his grace as the kids just shared with us this morning Uh, we're celebrating the ways in which uh, God is using uh, the Ecuador team to go and proclaim his good news and encourage others in the Andes Mountains we're also celebrating this morning the ways in which our students our junior high and senior high students uh, went to Nashville this past week and uh, shared the love of Jesus Christ with the folks uh, in that part of the country. So there's a lot going on this morning. And I think it really all comes down to uh, what our, our kids shared with us this morning, uh, and that is the gospel that comes to us in this uh, passage uh, of John 3. Does everybody get to John 3? Okay, it sounds like my microphone's been more or less set as well. So let's let's pray. Oh, God, we thank you uh, for this morning as we gather together to worship you. Lord, just multi-generations come before you. The littler kids, the the middle-aged kids, the older kids, and the the, the mature kids. We thank you, God, for all the ways in which you invite us uh, to experience your love, your grace, and your good news. And God, the ways in which you invite us to go to go and share your good news uh, with the nations in this community, uh, around the country, and all the way uh, to the Andes Mountains. Dwell among us, Lord, as we reflect and prepare uh, to hear your word this morning. In Christ's name we pray, amen. Well, I remember back in 1995, Uh, i was living in uh my wife and i were living in minneapolis we had just a toddler running around at the time and we got news that uh, billy graham was coming to the hubert h humphrey metrodome sixty-four thousand seats this is where the minnesota vikings and the minnesota twins played sports and this is back in the mid-90s and Billy Graham of course uh, in the mid-90s had quite an extraordinary reputation of proclaiming uh, the gospel and so and you know at the time Billy Graham was 77 years old he was kind of well a little more mature right Uh, he was kind of getting up there but his his health was starting to fail just a little bit. And so there was this great anticipation that as Billy Graham was coming to share the gospel on a four-day crusade in Minneapolis, you know, people just thought this is probably it. You know, who knows how much longer Billy Graham is going to live? And so, uh, I was really excited. And uh, I was in my mid twenties at the time, and I'd heard the stories and seen Billy Graham on TV, and certainly knew that he had preached before millions and millions of people around the world—a very influential evangelist, of course. So I was very, very excited. And I got to tell you, so for the next few months, I went, i signed up as a volunteer because I wanted to be one of those people uh, who would pray with people after Billy Graham uh, would invite them to receive the gospel. And so we went to training sessions for a couple months and congregations across the Twin Cities of Minneapolis and St. Paul gathered together, hundreds and hundreds of volunteers preparing for Billy Graham to come and preach the good news uh, at the Hubert H. Humphrey Metrodome. And so, you know, when he showed up in June of 1996, the expectation for me and for many people was very very high uh, the, there was just a buzz uh, all around the church community and just lots and lots of prayer of lifting up the community that people might be open to receiving the good news of Jesus Christ in their lives. And and so I remember going down to the Hubert H. Humphrey Metrodome, 60,000 plus people gathered inside and uh, it, the, the, it all kind of began with George Beverly Shea leading the congregation in some good old hymns of the church and kind of getting the, the crowd ready and fired up. And, and, and I'm just excited out of my mind and thinking, I cannot wait to see and hear Billy Graham. And so at just the right moment, Billy Graham walked out on stage. And he was he's a pretty tall guy. And as he came out, I'm like, wow, he is dressed to the nines. You know, he just looked so composed. And he had just white hair you know it practically radiated off him right and he just had a presence about him and so as Billy Graham started preaching as maybe you've seen Billy Graham preach either on television or live I was just on the edge of my seat and I just hanging on to every single word he spoke but I gotta tell you as Billy Graham spoke I became very confused and i was confused because i was expecting something different i was expecting a man with extraordinary oratory skills i was expecting a man who was just gonna wow me a a man who was just gonna just take me out of my shoes and go wow i want to follow jesus too i expected just all the lights and the stars and everything to just light up and smoke and fog machines and strobe lights and I just thought the heavens would open and be like oh right the (laughs) angels would descend on Billy Graham and it would just be this incredible moment but it wasn't it wasn't that at all it was just this guy standing there and in a very clear concise way sharing the gospel preaching God's word. And I gotta tell you, as I was listening to him, not only was I confused, I started getting nervous inside. Because I'm thinking to myself, I think Billy Graham's lost it. He's lost all his pizzazz and his magnetism, right? And his charisma and his ability to just draw people in. And I remember thinking to myself, nobody's gonna come forward, it's over. And I'm kind of thinking, oh, man, what am I going to do? And then after he shared this very simple, straightforward presentation of the gospel, he said, hey, and I'd like to invite anyone at this time who would like to come forward and receive the grace and love of Jesus Christ to surrender to Jesus, to just come on down. And to my astonishment, hundreds and hundreds of people came forward I was shocked I was absolutely shocked and I remember sitting down and praying with several people that evening as they surrendered their lives to Jesus and we talked about how um, they could get involved in a local church in the years ahead day two same thing, no George Beverly Shea, it was some other, I don't know, maybe it was a rock band or some, somebody else kind of warmed up the crowd. Billy Graham came out, did his thing. I was way underimpressed, right? And then at the right moment, he invited people to come forward and again, hundreds of people came forward. This happened on the third day. And then on the fourth day, the Metrodome uh, was overflowing and so I couldn't even get inside and I remember standing out uh, outside the Metrodome, a uh, giant screen watching Billy Graham do his deal. And we're, there we are, you know, in, in Minneapolis, Minnesota, just watching Billy Graham do his thing. And, and, and again, just watching on the screen, going, there it is. There it is. And hundreds of people came forward. And I remember again praying with people every day for that four day crusade. And in the weeks and months that followed, I just really reflected on how, wow, how God used Billy Graham. No fog machines, no strobe lights, no fancy branding, no razzle-dazzle. It was just a straightforward, here is the gospel. And people responded. And so this morning, I want to read the gospel to you again that the kids have already shared with us, but I'm going to share just a little bit more with this. John 3, beginning with verse 1. Now there was a Pharisee, a man by the name of Nicodemus, who was a member of the Jewish ruling council. He came to Jesus at night and said, Rabbi, we know you are a teacher who has come from God, for no one could perform the signs you are doing if God were not with him. Jesus replied, Very truly I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. How can someone be born when they are old? Nicodemus asked. Surely they cannot enter into their mother's womb a second time to be born. Jesus answered, Very truly I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of water and the Spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but Spirit gives birth to Spirit. You should not be surprised by my saying you must be born again. The wind blows wherever it passes. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it's going. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. No one has ever gone into heaven except the one who came from heaven, the Son of Man. Just as Moses lifted up the snake in the wilderness, so the Son of Man must be lifted up, that everyone who believes may have eternal life in him. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. And I think about that encounter that evening that Jesus and Nicodemus had a conversation about life. And there were no fog machines. There were no strobe lights. There was no razzmatazz. There was no fancy branding. There was no rock band. It was just a couple people in a garden. It was nighttime. It was a conversation. It was very simple. And Jesus said to Nicodemus, here's how it works, Nicodemus, if you want to experience abundant and eternal life, simply surrender your life and be born again. It was that simple. And the extraordinary thing, of course, is that we read later on in the Gospel of John that after Jesus was crucified, who was there? to take care of his body and bring spices. But Nicodemus, isn't that great? Nicodemus responded by faith. I, I think about all the disciples, you know, as, after Jesus hung on the cross, they were all gone, right? Hiding. But it was a couple other guys, Joseph of Arimathea and Nicodemus, they were the ones who had the faith through this brief encounter with Jesus. And they They responded. And so this morning, I want you to hear these words again, no fog machines, no lights, no rock band, no razzle-dazzle, no branding. Hear these words, for God so loved you that he gave his one and only son, that when you believe in him, you shall not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his son to you to condemn you, but to save you through Jesus Christ. That's the promise. That's the invitation for each one of us, for me and for you. So then the question, of course, is how do we respond? How do we respond? to this good news that Jesus has come to die for you. So this morning, I want you to think about how you might respond, how you might surrender today. But how you might respond and surrender tomorrow, right? Because it's a little easier to respond when you're in a group of people like this, right? Feels good. It feels comfortable enough, right? But tomorrow morning, some of you are going to wake up and you're going to have issues going on in your life. You might have a leaky leaky basement, right? (laughs) You might have broken relationships tomorrow. You might have a job that you have to go to tomorrow that you're not terribly excited about, right? But that's when Jesus invites you to surrender again and say, God, I'm surrendering to you today. And then later on in the week, this week, Jesus invites you to surrender again. Maybe Thursday, maybe Friday, I don't know. But every day of our lives, Jesus invites us to surrender. And I'm guessing throughout the week, you're not going to see the smoke machines and the strobe lights and the rock bands and all that stuff. It's just going to be the simple invitation. Surrender your life and follow me follow me you know I think one of the great things about this morning as we celebrate together our kids who did Vacation Bible School is you know they just had this wonderful time this incredible moment of just uh, experiencing Jesus and let's just be honest in very simple ways right we had no professionals leading Vacation Bible School this week right It was a group of moms and dads and volunteers who just poured into these kids, and these kids poured into one another. I think about those who are traveling to Ecuador and the skills that they bring. I don't know that we have any professional evangelists going uh, to share the gospel This uh, when they go to Ecuador. I don't know that we have any you know, expert teachers of the law. I don't know that we have anybody who's going on the trip to Ecuador you know, who's just gonna razzle-dazzle and make everybody um, just fall on their knees and follow Jesus. What we have is a group of people who've said, you know what, I'm just gonna surrender my life, and I'm gonna just give what God has given me. And that's faith, faith in Jesus Christ. And I'm just going to share that in a very simple way. And so this morning, I want to close by sharing about uh, one more group of people who's been sharing their lives, sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ through surrendering. And you may know uh, Tim Moore as the, the, the president of the congregation here, um, but he is not a professional youth minister. Is that right, Tim? Yeah, <laughs> Tim leads our junior high and senior high student by God's grace, because he has simply been called. Tim has a full-time day job, you know, that he's doing other stuff. But Tim, Tim just feels called and has felt called. And so I'm going to invite Tim and, and any others uh, from our uh, junior high and senior high orange shirts. Um, to come and share a little bit. And, and I'm just thinking that what you guys did this past week was probably pretty ordinary. I think I saw pictures of you guys pulling weeds, right? Doing some pretty simple tasks. I don't know if there were strobe lights and fog machines. I don't know if there were rock bands in Nashville this past week as you guys were serving. But there you were. There you were sharing Jesus in a very simple and yet profound way so i'm going to just turn it on over to tim uh, and invite you to share a little bit about how you guys um, like jesus um, shared the gospel nashville